14 this morning. John chapter number 14. If you remember like me, for you that have have had children and um, when your children were small and you held them in your arm and you looked in their face and you thought, if you ever thought this, you thought, what? What, what's going to happen? What is he going to become? What is she going to become? What does the future hold for my child? And I think of Joseph, um, must have done the same thing. And one of my favorite Christmas passages um, in, in, uh, in the Bible is what I picture in my mind. I like to picture things. I, I'm a picture going. I was growing up, you know, I'm a I'm a I'm a huge reader now. I used to hate reading and um I liked books that had pictures and um the more pictures the less words. I was I was thrilled with that. And so I'm a picture person so I like to picture and I and I picture Mary holding Jesus and um and in the passage of scripture says Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And thinking to myself, um, wow, what an awesome scene that must have been um, with Jesus in a manger and coming to seek and to save that which was lost. And Mary and Joseph, I promise you, didn't have it all figured out. Disciples, they didn't have it all figured out. You and me, we don't have it all figured out. Uh, but to be able to look in the face of Jesus and to be able to believe and to be able to trust and to be able to know that our sins are forgiven. And um, what a great Christmas gift, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I know uh, you're thankful for that. I'm thankful for that. And uh, uh, what the holiday season, Christmas is all about uh, uh, it's not uh, about gifts and and buying and all Christmas trees and Santa Claus and reindeer and uh, it's all about Lord Jesus Christ and um, his uh, his birth and uh, probably my favorite time of year uh, is Christmas and um, I just love uh, that time that we celebrate and uh, the 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 world doesn't even know that they're celebrating it and yet they're putting christmas songs on on uh uh on uh, uh the radio uh that have some doctrinal significance to those songs and um just getting getting that out is one of my favorite things to see during the holiday seasons and so uh, I'm so thankful for that so we've been going through a series okay uh, facing tough times, facing difficult times, facing hard times. Uh, we all do it. We all face them. There's always uh, 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 an insurmountable wall. There's always uh, a hill to climb. There's always something going on in our lives. If we're on the mountaintop, now my wife would say, you're a pessimist. And probably uh, I lean more towards pessimism than I do optimism. But I don't call it pessimism. I call it, like the rest of us, realism. If you're a pessimist, that's what you say. Uh, you're not a pessimist, I'm a realist. You know why? Because when you're on the mountaintop and, and everything's going good, 
What is it? What does a pessimist do? Here it's coming. Where is it? I mean, we hardly can. We we can hardly enjoy the mountaintop because we know a valley is coming. We know a problem is coming. We know that somebody's going to be stirring up some trouble somewhere. We know that somebody's talking about our, behind our back. We know it's kind of like everything's going good, and you know we're looking around the corner and waiting for that to come. And you think to yourself, you shouldn't be so pessimistic. But, but am I right? I, I'm absolutely right. Why? Because there's valleys in life. There are there are insurmountable walls in life. There are difficulties in life. Uh, and they are common to man. They're common to man. A man, Job said this, a man born of a woman is full of trouble. Right? Full of trouble. There's all sorts of troubles. There's all sorts of problems. Jesus said, in the world ye shall have tribulation. It's going to happen. Jesus said they persecuted me. They're going to persecute you. I don't know why we're so surprised, but we're often surprised when bad things happen. I wish I could say, I wish I could stand up and say, listen to me. I guarantee you every preacher wishes he could say this. And some dishonest preachers do say it. That when you get saved, there'll be no problems in your life. But the bottom line is, bad things happen to good people. It happens because it's part of life. It's part of living in this sinful world. This idea, listen to me, let me squash it now for you. This idea that God owes you anything is ridiculous. Can I tell you, God owes you nothing. Everything we get from God is by and through His grace. The grace of God. Because we deserve, let me tell you what we deserve. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not even one. Do you know what we deserve? We deserve to die and spend eternity in hell. Now you don't hear that much anymore. But I'm telling you it's a fact. You don't hear it much anymore because really our goal anymore from the pulpit, our goal anymore from the churches is to make people feel good to make people feel better to pump up people's self-esteem to be able to go and leave this place and pat ourselves on the back uh, saying listen hey at least i showed up to church today hey when the offering came all around i i put my two shekels in Hey, listen, I, 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 I was there. I, matter of fact, somebody was going out the door, and I held the door open for them. I'm telling you. And by the way, a lot of preachers today, their whole goal is just to make you feel better. Why? Because they want you to come back. They want you to put more money in the offering plate. And by the way, when you stomp on somebody's toes, they tend to get mad. By the way, don't blame the preacher for that. That's the Holy Spirit. It's not the preacher's job to convict. It's the Holy Spirit's job to convict. And if you're convicted, it's because of the Holy Spirit of God and it's because of the Word of God. He's the one that convicts us and tells us, listen, you're going down the wrong path. You're making the wrong decision. You're doing the wrong thing. He's trying to wake us up. Pay attention. 
There are difficulties in life. There are problems in life. We talked about the problem. What is the problem? The problem in our world, and it's snuck into our churches. Our problem is, we've talked about this through the last couple weeks or several weeks, is unbelief, right? We have a lack of, we have a lack of belief. We just refuse to, refuse to believe God. Refuse to trust God. Refuse to believe that God can. Can I tell you, God can. We have not because we ask not, and when we ask, we ask amiss. We don't believe. The problem of unbelief, the problem of the lack of understanding. Too many of God's people are ignorant. What does ignorant mean? It means to have a lack of knowledge. A lack of understanding, a lack of wisdom. If any man lack wisdom, James said, let him ask of God who give to all men liberally, braideth not, it shall be given to them. God wants you to be wise. God doesn't want us to be in the dark. God wants us to be in the light. The lack of understanding. And then the third problem we talked about is unhappiness. Well, oh, people are just unhappy. And I'm telling you, when you're unhappy, you can blame it on anything you want to. I mean, we'll blame it on our spouse. We'll blame it on our parents. We'll blame it on our children. We'll blame it on our church. We'll blame it on our pastor. We'll blame it on God. Because let me tell you something. When we're unhappy, we refuse to admit that we're the problem, not somebody else. Because unhappiness is a heart problem. Remember, we talked about that already. I mean, we've got to understand that unhappiness is a heart problem. Stop blaming everybody else and get your heart right with God. We can have joy unspeakable and full of glory. God didn't say you have joy when things are going good and sadness when things are going bad. God didn't say that. God said we can have joy and happiness through all circumstances of life. Because joy and happiness aren't based on the circumstances of life. Joy and happiness are, are, are based on Jesus Christ. And He is the same yesterday and today and forever. I've told you this before. I, I love this little, little illustration. Uh, these two guys were sitting down talking and then one guy looked at the other guy and said, he said, how are you doing? He said, I'm, I'm doing good under the circumstances. He said, what are you doing under there? Aren't we buried so often with our circumstances? I'm fixing to go down uh, for, for our yearly Church Planning America. I'm part of Church Planning America. I go down to Jacksonville. We have a, a yearly um, uh, meeting, uh, and it's, it's a bunch of preachers. It's something when preachers get together. It's something. And so we'll go down there, and one of the first questions I'll be asked Guaranteed. One of the first questions I'll be asked is, how's the church going? Now listen to me. They don't want to know the spiritual temperature. They don't want to know what people are facing in the church. They don't want to know about the Christmas program. They want to know one thing. How many people you got in your church? How many did you have now? So we don't come out and say that as preachers. We just say, how's the church going? Because they want to measure how their church is going. Now, they may not say it, 
though I know some that would, but they may not say it, but they're thinking to themselves, boy, if you only had that many, I had this many, I'm doing pretty good. Let me tell you one of the best things that's ever happened in this church for me. You'll be, you'll be shocked. When we did, we remodeled back here, and they, and they took that stupid sign that said how much we gave and how many people we had. And when that went down, guess what? It disappeared. Nobody knows where it is. It ain't never going back up. Let me tell you one of the first things I used to do after the service was over, right back there, and I would read how many people we had. And I'd think to myself, good night. Man. Now, you know what you might, the second thought was? So-and-so wasn't here, and so-and-so wasn't here, and why wasn't so-and-so here? And my goodness, we could have had this. And man, if they, these ten people showed up, I mean, we could have had... My wife goes, knock it off, you're driving me crazy. Why don't we minister to the ones that are there? You know what happens sometimes? We get pushed down by our circumstances. By the things that happen in our lives. And man, they push us back. And they push us down. And they hold us back. What? Listen to me. Things are gonna go, things are gonna be better in your life and things are gonna be worse in your life. Things are gonna go good in your life and things are gonna go bad in your life. Whether you're happy or not doesn't deter, is not determined by what happens in your life. Cause can I tell you, We'd probably be all miserable a lot of the time because we can always find. Can we attest to this? Can we tell the truth? If you're looking for something bad, you'll find it every time. You came to church. Listen to me. If you came to church this morning determined that you're going to find something wrong, you've already found it. I promise you, you've already found it. And you, you, you can make a list. And come on and see me, I'll give you my list. And we'll just put a list together of all the things that could have been different and we probably did wrong and shouldn't have said. And Listen, if you're sitting out there and you're thinking to yourself, I'm, going, huh, I'm, I'm, waiting, for, I'm waiting for a preacher to say something that's off the wall or something that's not right. Listen, I guarantee you, I have people come to me afterwards and say, you know, of course, in jest and we're joking, do you know you said such and such? I said, no, I did yeah, no, really, you did. I, I recorded it, you know. And we, we laugh. No, nobody does that in meanness. I'm just saying, we all mess up, right? And if our circumstances in life determine our happiness, we are of men most miserable. Our joy is based on Jesus Christ. So those are our problems. Uh, uh, and I wanted to get to, uh, I was looking forward to getting to this, this part uh, uh, of the message uh, because uh, life's not just about problems. Life's about promises. I love promises. I love to look through the Word of God and find all the promises that God has promised, promised us. And I look through those promises, and man, I'm telling you, it'll encourage your heart. When you become discouraged, don't, listen to me, don't, don't bother lying to me and telling me you never get discouraged, because we all get discouraged. Now, we may not show it like other people, but we all get discouraged from time to time. What do we need to do when we get discouraged? Go to the Word of God. 
Allow the Word of God to encourage you. Allow the Word of God to lift you up. Go to the promises of the Word of God. As I think, as Mary was holding Jesus in in her arms, or when Joseph was holding Jesus in his arms, and and they were looking, they they were hoping, right? All they really knew is what the angel told them. All they really knew is, listen, nobody could tell Mary that she wasn't a virgin. She knew she was a virgin. So she knew this was something extra special. But they really didn't know. But as they are holding the baby Jesus and we're looking on, we do know. Because we have the completed revelation of God. We have the promises of God. We have what God has already done, what God is doing, what God's going to do for us in the future. Do you know that in actuality, biblically speaking, we know very little about heaven? There's a lot of conjecture. There's a lot of guessing. There's a lot of imagination about what heaven is. But what we're told about heaven, it may be very little, but man, you talk about putting a smile on your face. Thinking about a place that he has prepared, a place that's for us. What a majestic. Have you ever been to a place where you took pictures and you say, and you look back at the picture and say, nah, pictures don't do it justice? You ever seen a sunset or a sunrise? I remember being out in the middle of the ocean. And they called us to, to, to it was in the middle of the night, called us up deck, and, 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 uh, and we all went up there, and the Aurora Borealis, anybody ever seen the Northern Lights? Can't be explained. You can take all the greatest pictures in the world, but to actually visually see it, you know, Anybody ever been to the Ark the, the, in Kentucky? Anybody ever been there? Listen, so when they first built, they were talking about how, you know, this is a life replica of the Ark, a biblical replica of the Ark, uh, how big it was and how, just how, how unbelievable it was. And yeah, 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 yeah. And then you stand in front of it. Um, I'm here to tell you, if you haven't been, First of all, I highly recommend it. But secondly, pictures don't do it justice. And so we have all these pictures in our head. But you know, one day we're going to be absent from this body and we're going to be present with the Lord. And let me tell you something. If that can't bring a smile on your face... You know, one day, Jesus promised him, John chapter 14, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again. You know what that is? It's a promise. I will come again. Have you ever had somebody promise you something and not come through with it? Frustrating, right? Some people are just liars. Some people, it's out of their control. But sometimes, humanly speaking, we can't come through the things we promise, right? But let me tell you something about God. He's not slack concerning His promises as some men count slackness. God, listen, here's three awesome words. Here they are, ready? 
God is faithful. God is faithful. And knowing that Jesus is going to come again, knowing that he's going to come back for his children, he's going to come back for his church. The Bible says this in Thessalonians, Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. So when depression gets on you and discouragement gets on you and and insurmountable walls get on you, and circumstances hold you down, remember the promises of God. The promises of God. Look with me, John chapter number 14. First of all, the promise of the Holy Spirit. The promise of the Holy Spirit. In, in, in John chapter 14, look with me in verse 16, and I will pray the Father, and He will give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. The promise of the Holy Spirit. You see, Jesus Christ came. He lived a sinless, perfect life. He performed miracles. The blind could see, the deaf could hear, the dumb could speak, the lame could walk, the dead lived again. He's the greatest preacher that ever walked the earth. He preached messages. He taught in parables. I mean, he did all these things. But Jesus came for a purpose. He came for a reason. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. And the only way to do that It's true sacrifice. So Jesus did his earthly ministry, and then he tells his disciples, I must go away. Ever watch football? Time out. Hold on. If you watch football, remember these letters, S-E-C. I'm just kidding. All right, time out. (laughs) Time out. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What do you mean you're going away? Hold on. Remember, the disciples are thinking to themselves, he's come, he's going to set up the kingdom, we're going to overthrow everybody, I mean, the kingdom's coming, it's going to be here, we're going to rule and reign with Jesus. Woo! I mean, they're excited, right? And then Jesus says, no, 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 no. No, I'm going away. (laughs) No, 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 no. Can you imagine Peter? I always think of Peter. Peter's always the one that spoke up. I can relate to Peter. Because Peter often put his foot in his mouth. Right? As I imagine Peter saying, Whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So Jesus said, Remember, he says, It's expedient for you, it's good for you that I go away. Why is it good for them? Well, it's good for them on multiple occasions. The, the, the most important occasion is Jesus Christ had to die for our sins. It took a sinless, Perfect sacrifice. Peter couldn't do it. David couldn't do it. Moses couldn't do it. Abraham couldn't do it. David was a man after God's own heart, and he couldn't die for anybody's sin. It had to be a spotless, sinless sacrifice. So so Jesus was going to the cross. Even though the disciples didn't understand it all, Jesus knew what he had to do. 
And he died upon the cross and was buried. He shed his perfect, innocent blood so that we could have life and that we could have it more abundantly. That was the first reason. Second reason, he said, listen, it's good for you that I go away because I'm sending the comforter to be with you. Hold on. Hold on. Not just to be with you, but to be in you. Where you walk, he walks. But you say he listens. He goes with you. And by the way, he's not going to be with you for a little while. He's not going to be with you for a long time. He's going to be with you forever. That's a promise. How do I know? Listen to me. How do I know that I have the Spirit of God in my life? Because I trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior. I was baptized, the Scripture says, uh, not through water. I was baptized through water. But before I ever was baptized through water, I was baptized by the Holy Spirit of God. And I received the Holy Spirit. How do I know that? Because God promised it. You didn't say it. I didn't say it. God said it. And when God says something, you can believe it. When God says something, you can trust it. I remember, Miss Lewis, Melissa, I used to say this all the time as a preacher uh, uh, when I was in Plague. I'd say, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. Listen to me, whether you believe it or not has nothing to do with it. God said it, that settles it. Now you should believe it. But it's already settled. Whether we agree with it or not, whether we put our stamp of approval on it or not, Changes nothing about the Word of God. The promises of God, oh my goodness, they should bring a smile to our face. In our toughest times, in our most difficult times, the promise of the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, the Comforter, He is the Holy Spirit, will come to you. I will give you the Holy Spirit of God to live inside of you when you go through those difficult days. The Holy Spirit of God. Listen, think about this. The Holy Spirit of God was given to us to indwell us. To indwell us. He says to to, to come not only to you, but to come in you. 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 19, or chapter 6, the Bible says this. uh, uh, What? Know you not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost? Which is in you. You are not your own. You're bought with a price. The Bible says uh, the Spirit of God is in you. He indwells you and lives inside of you. He not only indwells us, but He instructs us. He is the Spirit of truth, uh, the Scripture says. In verse number 26, it says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, He shall teach you all things. Do you know why people don't understand the Bible? Because they're not saved. You're welcome. It's a fact. This Bible, the Bible says about itself that the Bible is spiritually discerned. Do you know what that means? It means you need a key. You need a key to get in. You need a you need a key. Listen, I got a lockbox at my house. You need a key to get into. And let me tell you something about this lockbox. You could put a bomb on this thing and it's not, it's not opening. But you have the key, click, pop, pops right open. Not getting in it without the key. Listen to me. 
you're not going to understand the word of God if you're not saved. Because you don't have the spirit of truth. Because you don't have the spirit of God indwelling you and instructing you and showing you and guiding you. The Bible says he guides us in all truth. He shows us which way to go. He gives us the wisdom that we need, the direction that we need. We all lack it, folks. We lack it. We need it in our lives. And so the Holy Spirit not only indwells us, but He instructs us. He teaches us all things. You have not because you have not. You have not because you ask not. I believe you know not because you ask not. I mean, I, listen, there's some things that I don't know. There's a lot of things I don't know. But if I, but if I want information about a certain subject, I'm going to go to the person that knows about that subject. Right? I mean, listen to me. If I know, if I know nothing about cars, which is not true, but if I know nothing about cars... I'm not going to, you, you would be foolish to come to me and ask me about a car. Hey, this is, uh, matter of fact, I'll, I'll give you an illustration. I had my car over and Robert had, his, had the car up and he had uh, uh, looking at it underneath the car and he started, he started waxing eloquent. That's what I call it when people are talking about things I have no idea what they're talking about. He says, Joe, this blah, blah, blah. I don't even know what he was saying. Blah, blah, blah. This, is, this is what I heard. Wah, 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 wah. Like, Robert, I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, let me show you. And he's pointing to this, and I'm going, yeah. I know that's a tire. Everything else under there, I have no idea what it is. Yeah, but this is this and such and such and such and such. Yeah, but I'm going to forget five minutes from now. Because my brain is already full. So I can't accept anything else without taking something out. I don't know if anybody else is like that. But listen, so you're not going to come to me and say, hey, listen, could, could, you, could you check the bushings on the... No, I have no idea what you're talking about. Listen to me. We're going to the wrong places. You need wisdom? Stop going to the wrong places. You're having trouble with your marriage? Don't go to the person that's been divorced four times. I'm not trying to be ugly. I'm just saying. You have a, you have a, you have a problem with, with drinking? Don't, don't go to the bar and ask the dude next to you. Go to the right source. Go to the right place. God's always the right place. God's always the right source. And the Holy Spirit will guide you into the truth. So the Spirit's not going to guide you in the wrong direction. He's going to instruct us in the ways of God. He is the Spirit of truth. He indwells us, he instructs us, and he empowers us. Now I know that doesn't start with I, it starts with E, just pretend that it starts with I. He empowers us. He gives us what we need. He strengthens us. We are weak. We are weak. And we are heavy laden. We have all these things that are going on in our lives. And and what do we need? We need the power of God in our lives. Ephesians 5, verse 18. Be not drunk with wine or in excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Think about this. Think about the empowering ministry of the Spirit. Look with me in verse 19. 
He empowers us inward. Verse number 19. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more, but ye see me, because I live, ye shall live also. Verse verse 19. uh, 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 Go up to verse 18. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. He gives us power. Listen, He gives us power to live inwardly. He gives us power upwardly. What do we need to do? Turn your eyes upon Jesus and look full in His wonderful face. And then, not only inwardly and upwardly, but outwardly. As we serve others. As we're there for others. Two things I thought about that lady that was behind me in in, in the line. Two things immediately came to my mind when she started, she started, I say giving it to that guy. I mean, she was just, she'd done it before, I promise you. You ever heard somebody pray and you think to yourself, they've prayed before. But she is, she was, I mean, a bold witness. Two thoughts. My first thought was, man, praise the Lord, give to him. You know what my second thought was? Why didn't I tell him first? It was convicting. Why didn't I say something? I'm a preacher. You know, there's not an inappropriate place. What's the best thing, the worst thing they can do? Kick you out. I mean, why, why didn't I? You know, God has given us the power. It's not about your personality. It's not about the, your characteristics. It's all about Jesus Christ. It's all about the Holy Spirit that's empowering you to be a witness. Empowering you to not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Because it's the power of God unto salvation. So scripture says, the power's not in you, in yourself. We're too weak. The power's in Jesus Christ. The power's in the Spirit of God. And so we need to stand up unashamedly and preach the gospel. We need to stand up and unashamedly say, we have the answer. Do you know why we're afraid to say anything? Because we're afraid somebody's going to ask us a question that we don't have the answer to. We're afraid we're going to say something about Jesus and they're going to say, well, what about cancer? Well, what about, I had a, I had a, I had a friend who, you know, they're good Christian people and they, and they lost their baby. What about that? Well, what about, and what about, and you don't have an answer. And you go, that's the last time I'll ever be a witness. Listen to me. You don't have to have all the answers. And, and, and God help us, the, the questions of, well, could God make a rock that's too big for him to pick up? Who cares? We're so afraid. We're so scared. We're so timid. Listen, you know what the Holy Spirit does? He empowers us to stand up. Do you know how many times I've said this phrase? I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if you think the preacher knows everything. That's foolish. I'm talking about he even knows everything about the Bible. That's foolish. He doesn't. There are plenty of things that we don't know. There are plenty of things that God doesn't tell us. And it's okay not to know. 
But, that's what I always do. I don't know, but, let me tell you about Jesus. Because he knows everything. Yeah, yeah. Do, do you believe that it really was an ark and that everybody died? Listen, listen. Let me tell you about Jesus. Do you really believe that there was a fish so big that it swallowed? Let me tell you what they're doing. They're trying to sidetrack you from the truth. Let's put that aside. I'll try to answer those questions later. Let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you what, let me tell you what I do know. See, the Bible says to be wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. The Bible says to have wisdom when it comes to dealing with people. And the Holy Spirit will empower us to be able to accomplish the things that he's called us to accomplish. Let's bow our heads for prayer. This morning, our heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Maybe you're here this morning, you've never placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Can I tell you this morning, beyond a shadow of a doubt, can I tell you this morning, by the authority of the Word of God, that God loves you.